Movies, and a rap. This piece is banging, y'all! Movies, and a rap. And a rap. And a rap. Movies, movies. Move, move, movies, and a rap. Yes, you're very welcome back to Movies and a Rap, where we talk movie news, reviews, what's new, and we finish with a 60-second rap. I'm your host, Alex Gogarty, and this is episode four. Happy St. Patrick's Day! If you're listening to this on St. Patrick's Day, the day of this release, Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day, La Hela Podreg, it's good, it's a good day, it's normally a good day. We can't do much right now, though, can we, eh? But I have fond memories of this day. I My favourite one was probably 2018, three years ago. I was in the US with my friends Phil and Tim in Portland and Ireland were playing England in the rugby to decide the Grand Slam but for us it was at like I don't know nine in the morning or something so we went to an Irish pub to watch it it was great loads of other Irish people there but I remember when for the first like 10 minutes the reception was so bad on your man's TV he was streaming it from somewhere and you could barely see the thing so I went up to him the guy behind the bar and I said oh is there any chance we, we could try fix this or refresh it because it's almost unwatchable and he said oh thank you for saying something I didn't know whether or not I should do it and he clicked refresh and it was perfect and afterwards he said thank you for saying that to me because I didn't know what to do and uh, you can have a free pint and you know when when people ask me like what does it feel like to be a hero I, it's it's hard to say you know it's just it's it is it feels good but like I don't do it I don't do it for how it makes me feel I do it because I have to heroes are born not made um i hope you guys are enjoying your saint patrick's day what are we going to do today you're probably actually not even listening to this now think about it on saint patrick's day everyone will be off doing something or maybe you are i don't know uh, what are we doing today we are as as always going to be chatting through some movie news the top news of which is of course the oscar nominations which came out on monday we're going to be running through those we're going to chat about avatar becoming number one in the box office history books yet again there's a lot of nice other bits of news in there we are also going to do a review of your honor the the brian Cranston TV series, a couple other bits and pieces. I'm going to run through some hot releases coming in the last week and we're going to finish with a 60 second wrap. But before we do that, we are going to read a couple of letters. What's with all these letters, man? Okie dokie, first letter of the day coming from my good friend Ailey Brosnahan. Thanks for getting in touch, Ailey. Ailey sounds like Hayley, but you take off the H and then you spell the rest completely differently. Ailey writes, firstly, Alex, thank you kindly for your service. Thank you kindly, Ailey, for uh, emailing in. Ailey writes, in my humble, humble opinion, finding out secret celebrity relatives is one of life's most simple and joyous joyous pleasures. This is in relation to last week's episode where I was discussing different celebrities that are related yet are successful in completely different walks of life. So Ailey continues, I thought I would send you over my top three faves after your Cecilia and Bertie O'Hearn mention. So number one, Ailey writes, Jonah Hill and Beanie Feldstein, siblings. Beanie Feldstein, you might know from, uh, she's one of the two leads in the film Booksmart. And I believe she's also, is she in Little Women? No, she's in Ladybird as well. And, and she's in the What We Do in the Shadows TV series. Number two, Louis Threw and Justin Threw, the actor, cousins, very interesting. And number three, Stanley Tucci and Emily Blunt, brother, brother-in-law. Stanley was invited to Emily's wedding to John Krasinski after working together on The Devil Wears Prada. At the wedding, he met Emily's sister and they're now married, making Stanley the brother-in-law of Emily. Very, very interesting. Well, I knew that already, but very, very interesting. It's, that's actually very cool. I almost lost my life when I realized Eve Hewson was Bono's daughter. The most exciting thing to happen so far in 2021. It is crazy. It's, it's goddamn crazy. Ailey. That's that, that's very interesting stuff. Now, I don't want to nitpick, but I did say that 
people that were successful and related successful in different fields so this is all extremely interesting stuff but technically i mean there's there's a lot of actors and actresses that are brothers and sisters uh like the olsen twins for example there's one um there are a good few other twins out there and stuff but you know what i mean but very interesting stuff very interesting stuff and yeah it's a simple pleasure of mine as well 80 thank you so much for getting in touch next email slash letter we have is from philip crow philip thanks for getting in touch hi alex long time caller first time listener thanks philip really enjoying the pod so far philip writes great you've gotten over that old public speaking issue you had at school remember when you tried to speak you get so excited that little bit of we would come out hard to hide in those old gray pants good you're in control of it now or are you um, well, that's patently false. If it was true, I wouldn't have read it out. I can choose not to read these things out. And I do because it's it gives me enjoyment and uh, that never happened. And it definitely didn't happen twice. <laughs> In relation to your episode last week, Phil continues, you seem to have forgotten to mention that your sister actually fell through a hole in the floor during your birthday at the Stella, Stella Cinema. Cinema. This also refers to last week's episode. I was discussing the Stella Cinema in Rathmines. It did. It, I swear to God, it was literally like like a war zone back in the day. It was it was hardcore. It was like like one of those like House of Horrors booby trapped kind of things that like James Bond might have to, might be put through by a by a villain or a Batman or someone. Except uh, you, in fact, paid to go there. It was crazy. Philip was at my eighth or tenth birthday party where we were among the very final parties there. Philip continues, or maybe she was just trying to escape having to watch Orlando Bloom acting as Paris. Ha ha in the film Troy leave the jokes to me Phil Prost from Phil Phil thank you very much yeah good points my, my sister did almost fall through a hole in the floor in the old Stella cinema before it was refurbished but now I tell you the only hole you'd be getting now is the bloody hole in your bloody pocket because it's so bloody expensive Wee! it's expensive and not worth it in my view but yes Phil thank you very much for getting in touch that is all the letters so uh, how about we do some news let's do some news News, news, news. Oakley-doakley, so bags and bags of news this week. So let's start with the top news of the week and perhaps of the year so far. It's the Oscar nominations. So we've had a lot of award news in this podcast to date over the last few episodes. The Golden Globes, we spoke about the Critics' Choice Awards, Berlin. But these are the big dogs, guys. The big, big dogs, the Academy Awards. Let's chat through the nominations. Really good stuff, to be honest. A lot of records broken in this one. So the top news, I think, is that it's the most diverse set of nominations ever in the history of the academy which is long overdue to be honest so i'll list a couple of the the nominees first of all and then we'll chat through some of the amazing records that were broken first of all top nominated film was the gary oldman led mank about the screenwriter herman j mankiewicz who wrote citizen citizen kane about him rushing to finish it i believe it's in black and white it's got 10 nominations which is very impressive but bizarrely it's it's probably not favorite to win a huge amount if to ask any of them there's a load of films that are kind of bringing up the rear with six nominations each so those include The Father, Judith and the Black Messiah, Minari, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. All of those have six nominations each. A couple of the highlights, to be honest, most of it was more or less to be expected. The Best Picture nominees in total are all of those ones I just mentioned there, and also Promising Young Woman, which is starring Carrie Mulligan. It's supposed to be incredible. Best Director, 
definitely want to point out is Chloe Zhao, who also directed Nomadland. I'd say she's probably odds on for Nomadland for both Best Director and Best Picture, potentially Best Adaptive Screenplay as well. Best Actor, great to see Chadwick Boseman nominated posthumously for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And Riz Ahmed of Sound and Metal, which is brilliant. Anthony Hopkins becomes the oldest Best Actor nominee, nominee ever at 83 years old. Fair play to him. Best Actress, Viola Davis becomes the most nominated Black Actress with her fourth nomination. This one for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Sasha Baron Cohen, bizarrely nominated for Best Supporting Actor in The Trial of Chicago 7. He was good, but like his accent was a bit all over the place. Uh, I should say in Best Actress, Frances, Frances McDormand in Nomadland and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman Probably a shootout between the two of those. I, my money's on Francis, would you believe? And Best Supporting Actress, Maria Bakalova from Bor- Borat's subsequent movie film. I saw a few publications last year saying, oh, yeah, the breakout star of 2020 and she was incredible. I mean, was she that good? The f- movie was pretty crap. So that's my first hot take of the week, guys. Crap movie and why was she nominated for an Oscar? Other tiny piece of interesting information there for Best Supporting Actress category. Glenn Close has received her eighth acting nomination for Hillbilly Elegy, but she was also nominated for a Razzie. If you don't know what the Razzies are, they're like the, I was going to say the evil twin, the terrible equivalent of the Oscars. So they're awarded to the worst films every year. She becomes only the third actress or actor ever to receive a Oscar nomination and a Razzie nomination for the same role in a year. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Overall, really good to see the diversity represented. I'm going to run through a couple of awards broken by this year's nominees. So first of all, it's the most diverse Oscars ever. And in the acting category in particular, nine of the 20 acting nominees come from ethnic minority backgrounds. There were two women nominated for Best Director. First time that's ever happened in 93 years. Most of the time it's none. Riz Ahmed is the first actor of Pakistani descent to get an Oscar nomination and the first Muslim to be up for Best Actor. Mahershala Ali, to my knowledge, won a couple of years ago for... He's he's Muslim, but that was Best Supporting Actor. So um, great to see as well. Judas and the Black Messiah becomes the first Best Picture nominee to have an all-black lineup of producers, which is great. So not just screen talent. This is going all the way back. And a record 76 nominations went to women this year. So really good stuff. Amazing. It was overdue, though. Like, I mean... Like, this is good, obviously, but this should have happened so much longer ago. Like, it's so... I think whatever it is about award ceremonies in Hollywood, like, maybe it's because something like 70... I think 68 or 70% of the voting... The voters last year, over the last couple of years, were male. And then of those, like, how many of those are, are straight white males? Probably quite a lot. It's so slow moving to get any kind of this change. But change is good, even if it's overdue. So, great to see that. I'm predicting potentially a quadruple sweep for Chloe Zhao which would be crazy so that would be best picture best director best adapted screenplay and best editing were all herself I'm fairly sure if she won four Oscars in one night she'd be the first person to do that since Walt Disney so she'll definitely I think almost definitely get best picture best director will I be watching no I probably won't I won't be staying up to watch it they're they're usually boring is the thing there hasn't been a really entertaining one like actual ceremony since 2009 it was my favorite ceremony when Hugh Jackman hosted and he did this unbelievable opening number uh in which he actually brought Anne Hathaway on stage and they're both singing and then a couple of years later they were cast in Les Mis so big showcase for your talents if you want to be a singer if you want to do if you want to be a singer I'm a singer now we'll see is there even a host it's all virtual so probably going to be a little bit boring but great news overall, guys. Super, super news. Also announced that if you want to watch Nomadland, you can do so on Disney Plus from April onwards. So it'll be here in a couple of weeks. I have already seen it. I cannot confirm where I saw it. But if you want to know, you can get in touch and I will tell you. That is all I can say on the matter. Next piece of news. 
This is actually quite big. Avatar has overtaken Avengers Endgame again to become the top-grossing film ever in the history of the box office. So the way this happens, obviously, is because of a re-release. So the producers of Avatar, namely James Cameron, re-released the said film in China, and it made, I think, $8 million. With that, it reaches $2.799 billion, which has put it $2 million above Avengers Endgame. So fair play, but like it's also kind of cheating, like if you ask me, because like if you re-release a film, people will go see it. You could re-release any film and it will make some amount of money. And if it's like the biggest films that have ever existed, there's naturally going to be a decently large fan base. So they conveniently don't tell you how much it costs them to re-release it because it usually does cost a bit of money, probably not the $8-9 million that it made, but a little bit of money. Uh, but they leave that out. So I would imagine this is a semi-ploy to actually do just that, to get the number one spot back. Disney could easily re-release Avengers Endgame and they would get two and a half, three million dollars on top the list yet again. In fact, I'd say they very potentially will do that. And then what's going to happen? Bloody, the bloody James Cameron will release Avatar again and then they'll top the list. And then, I don't know, when does it end? That's what I want to know. Is it just going to get to a stage where they're re- releasing it like every year and there's like three people going and it's those three that are just winning <laughs> the top spot yet again? It's like, you know, Avatar has just regained top spot in the year 2041. Because a little boy in Rome went to see it in the newest release. And now they're top of the list by five euro. Come on. It's crazy. I probably prefer Endgame myself, so maybe I'm just being a bit biased. I enjoyed Avatar, but to be honest, neither of them are amazing, amazing films. But listen, fair play, James Cameron. I don't anticipate it remaining like that forever. Next piece of news. So Ron Howard is directing a film about the Thai cave rescue which was was that 2018 yeah three years ago and he's just added Viggo Mortensen and Colin Farrell to the cast that cave rescue was crazy the and it reminds me of the Chilean miners which also had a film a few years ago do you remember that was that 2010 I think those rescues are amazing like there's nothing it's bizarrely like nothing like them outside of maybe world sport or something actually no definitely not like sport like that brings a whole world that brings the whole world together uh, definitely not sports that in fact does quite the opposite it pitches them against each other but no it's interesting it's it's they it just grips you so much and perhaps was one of the more unifying world events until this thing called coronavirus last year i will probably watch it to be honest i'd rather another one of the real thing you know it'd be great if someone fell off a cliff or something i <laughs> got stuck to, not fell off a cliff got stuck down a hole or something you know but you know what i mean like obviously i wouldn't actually want that to happen to anyone but if there was some kind of global rescue operation going on where it was like european countries in tandem with said the asian countries helping a i don't know group of young nuns that <laughs> are stuck up a tree getting them down in I don't know, North Africa, that would be cool. That would just be something positive. Well, hopefully positive. You would hope that it ends well. They don't fall off and die. But you know what I mean. So if you are listening to this and you're walking past a big hole, you know what? You could just get to the bottom of that hole. Don't injure yourself, but stay down there and we'll come rescue you. (laughs) And I promise, I promise you, we will come rescue you. (sighs) Next piece of news, Kenneth Branagh is directing a Bee Gees biopic. Last week, we had Robbie Williams. This week, it's Bee Gees. I tell you, I mean, honestly, they can make a biopic, and they will, 
because they're so successful of basically any moderately successful music or music act Bee Gees will be interesting Weird that Kenneth Branagh is directing it so a very esteemed Shakespearean director a very uh, celebrated actor of course most recently in Tenet last year you, you, uh, you would think with these kind of things they could just get anyone but maybe it's like a pet project for him or like a passion project he really likes the Bee Gees who bloody doesn't if I was like super super rich people you know some people like they buy sports teams or whatever or like buy some kind of third third division football team I would just produce films of things that I want to see made like obviously the Coldplay biopic obviously <laughs> now it would probably be kind of boring because they they don't drink or do drugs so I mean that is a lot of the where a lot of the drama comes from I'd say they're they have a pretty boring life but I would still want to see it because I'm a big Coldplay fan I would also like to see a good Michael Collins movie another Michael Collins movie would be good maybe a Cúchulainn film about the ancient Irish mythological hero that'd be pretty cool a film about my life I'd also enjoy seeing I, I maybe I'm I, I don't actually know how this works and you can't just produce a film and it gets made uh, <laughs> but maybe it's not that easy surely some low budget ones you could low budget budget film film of my life would actually be I would enjoy watching that a lot this is such bad listing I don't know why or what I'm talking about or why I'm talking about it let's go to the next piece of news Lady Chatterley's Lover you might know this book it's a classic in literature ruffled a few feathers back in the 1800s now it has been they're making a film of it and the crown's Emma Corrin who starred as Lady Diana will be starring as the titular Lady Chatterley I read Lady Chatterley's Lover a couple of years ago and it's not as bloody titillating as you might think no pun intended it's quite mundane it's a great piece of writing though but don't go in there thinking you're getting 50 shades of grey there's about 3 shades of grey and they're the boring ones let us zip on to the next section, shall we? Movie and TV reviews. 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 It is time for reviews. Speaking of reviews, I mean, I really should have watched all of those Best Picture nominees so as to be able to review them. At least more than two. I've only watched two of them, I think. Call myself a critic? Well, I don't. But call myself a podcaster? Well, actually, I don't either, really. But you know what I mean. It's an interest, and I should do that. So I promise to you, the listeners of Movies on a Wrap, that I will have watched every nomination for Best Picture. I think there's only six of them or eight of them anyway. By the time of the Oscars, which is the 26th of April. So I have lots of time, but I will do that. And I'll update you as they go along. I also said I was going to watch Moxie this week. I didn't get around to it because I've been watching Your Honor, which we're going to start with. And then um, a couple of oldies as well. So Your Honor, new series starring Brian Cranston. Again, I'm at a, at a loss when reviewing these things because I don't want to reveal too much about any of the plots because, as I mentioned last week, that's one thing that I really dislike having is too much knowledge about the plot. But uh, so far, it's positive. About halfway through, really enjoying it. Brian Cranston himself stars as a judge and he becomes involved in a particular case and he is trying to resolve that case. I mean, that is that is probably the least amount of details I could give the plot. I could give less. I could say he is... I could just say he is. <laughs> but I said more. There is there's a lot more to it. Much like I care a lot, which I spoke about last week. It like I was watching the first episode and I was kind of halfway through and I was like, I mean, it's it's entertaining and like it's it's fairly gripping. But what like is there is is this all there is? And then there's a revel- revelation, which is actually quite similar to the same revelation in I Care a Lot, the film, and it was a lot more interesting. So the thing with the ser- series these days is that there are so many and they're so good and also sometimes quite similar that you really, really have to do something special to stand out because like, if it's not an 8 out of 10, there's so many more series you could be watching, spending your time on. It's potentially an 8 out of 10. Like, I'm, I'll see how it finishes up, but I'm really enjoying it. Very different role to 
Breaking Bad, but acted with equal aplomb. He's a bloody great actor. Never really made it as well in the films. Like, he's been in, especially increasingly so, like, in a fair few films over the last few years, and no hits, mainly. Um, and also, nothing has really taken off. I actually love him in Drive, if you've seen that film with Ryan Gosling. He plays a kind of snivelly car dealership owner, and he's brilliant, he's brilliant. But, Your Honour, I, I would probably recommend, let's see how it finishes up. Other things I watched in the last week include The Matrix. I rewatched. I've watched that many, many times. I've been rewatching a lot of films recently, which probably isn't very good for this podcast. But I, you, if you want to watch something good, you watch The Bloody Matrix. If you are in any way interested in watching an action film, holds up so well. 1999, 22 years on, and it's still so good. I remember it being absolutely mind blown when I first saw that. I must have been, I think, yeah, I must have been nine or ten. I'd say when I saw that for the first time, maybe eleven. And it's just absolutely crazy. And it's still, yep, action, amazing. Neo is sexy AF, and he looks about the same these days. Keanu Reeves, Morpheus, perhaps the coolest character ever, in, in played by Lawrence Fishburne. Great villains as well. It's just got it all. So The Matrix, five stars. Fairly light on reviews this week, guys. Let's go to the next section. What's new, Pussycat? New releases, that is. Okie dokie, guys. In this section, I'm giving you my top picks of what is coming to streaming, or what has come to streaming, I should say, in the last week. And I'm, I won't lie to you, it is basically all Amazon Prime. I'm serious, their, their movie game is so much better than Netflix, or at least it has been with new releases in the last while. But in general, like you find so many gems on Prime. Now, these three following suggestions are Prime related. First of all, on the more entertaining side, Tropic Thunder came out, was, was added to prime the other day funny entertaining and looks nice as well um (laughs) if i got any two of those three compliments at any point in my life i would be so so happy so tropic thunder enjoyable check it out edge of tomorrow also action film with tom cruise surprisingly enjoyable also if you're looking for a little bit of action to tickle your fancy but easily the pick of the week this week also on amazon prime full disclosure Easily my top five favorite films of all time as well. Little Miss Sunshine. What a modern classic. Such a good film. If you take one thing from this week's episode, it's to watch Little Miss Sunshine more so than any film I've mentioned so far. Even probably any of those films that were nominated for Oscars. Easily. Little Miss Sunshine is the best. It's such a good film. Quite poignant comedy drama kind of thing. I went through this phase when I was in like fifth year in school where I really wanted to watch like more comedy dramas. So I was like Googling films like Little Miss Sunshine. And I don't know, just things that are funny but also have like a tinge of sadness to them. <laughs> I don't know why that was the phrase the phase I was in. There's some there's so many good ones in that kind of genre. Like Juno was another one of my favourites in that kind of regard. The kids are all right. I mean there's loads of that kind of thing. But Little Miss Sunshine is easily the best. Actually hilarious with Steve Carell, Alan Ark and a few others. Mostly is just good because it's just like a good story about a kind of semi-dysfunctional family on a weird road trip trying to get this little girl into a beauty pageant. Oh, I actually can't praise it high enough. Am I going to watch it again this week? Yes. Is it going to be at the expense of watching a film I haven't seen? Most probably. Am I going to regret that next week when I sit here to talk about a film? Almost definitely. But it's that good. When you find a film that good, you watch it. (laughs) Okay? You watch it, man. And that is everything for releases. So there's only one section left and you know what it is. Now it's time for a wrap. No, seriously. No, I'm serious. It's wrap time. 
Okay, it is the final section. It is the wrap. Before we get into that, the emails and the messages coming in, there are plenty of them and it is great to see and please, please keep them coming. You can email in at moviesandarap at gmail.com or just message the Instagram that's at moviesandarap, the account on Instagram. The instrumental track this week comes from an artist named Audio Binger and the song is called Letter to Summer. And as always, the intro instrumental was created by an artist called The Sixth Sense. That's the Do What It Do instrumental. And here we go. <clears throat> Audio Binger X Movies and a Rap. Let's do it. Letter to Summer. Make this year a good one and I'll sacrifice my brother. Lady Chatterley's lover. Think Fifty Shades of Grey but for an elderly mother. Come on. The planet is heating. Avatar beat Endgame but they did it by cheating. Diversity leading. Better late than never, but it's still too late, you feel me? How deep is your love? Deeper than a tar cave, well that's deep enough. No need to prove it, got the movies coming out when it's safe enough to shoot it, come on. Movies and a rap, started in the Stella, now we're blowing up the track. This much is a fact, happy Paddy's Day to all the people at the back. Thank you very much, I hope you enjoyed. This has been another episode of Movies and a Rap. Quite a like a days ago flow this time. Like a days ago, Is that, would, that, would you say that for a flow? I don't know. <laughs> I've been very new at this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please do get in touch with any and all feedback, and uh, and have a great Paddy's Day. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.